And so sometimes what I see with clients is they, they get, they're unhappy that they have to do so much mental health work. <laughs> you know, maybe they had a lot of trauma as a child and that's been getting in their way of succeeding in business. And so they kind of get frustrated, but I'm like, hey, do it now before you get to a point where you're doing well in your business. And then the whole thing crashes because you're going to have to pay it one, one way or another right now or later. I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business, one that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I have my beautiful co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman, with me again today. How are you doing, Laura? I am doing well. I'm happy to be here with you once more to talk about all the things <laughs> that we love to talk about. All the things. <laughs> I know. And we're continuing our amazing season on Miss which is like unfolding beautifully. And I'm so excited about it. And I'm really excited to talk to you today because this is going to be right in your lane and genius. And what we wanted to discuss today was this myth that we can compartmentalize our mental health and our business, right? Because we do believe as business owners and entrepreneurs, we can navigate anything. We can just work a little harder and get it done. We can, we can just sort of compartment. The mental health is over here and we are running our business over here. But, hmm, what do you think about that, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask all the listeners, how well is that working for you right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is kind of the the challenge of 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 the entrepreneur in that we often are super women. We we do we are in a lot of ways, but sometimes we think that we can do more than what's just humanly possible. And in in the arena of mental health, that is this belief that we can just press through, think over, push down mental health needs until it's more convenient. And this idea that, well, I can separate it. Right now, I've got to show up. I've just got to you know, do my best and do this thing for my business. And then when that's all wrapped up, then I'll take a minute for my mental health. Maybe I'll take that vacation that I've been needing to take. Or maybe I'll take that day that I need to just decompress. But it's always this, unfortunately, a common thing I hear is just always this sort of sense that it is compartmentalized and that one is not impacting the other. So the mental health is annoying as it is that I'm feeling this depression. I, I can just shut it down and it's not actually going to impact my business unless I let it. And so we feel like we have a lot of control and a lot of consciousness around how our mental health is implement, you know, impacting our business. Yes. And it's freaking exhausting. <laughs> like, 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 forget just the mental health issues and the way it ties into business. And we're going to talk about how it shows up, but 
just in and of itself compartmentalizing is exhausting. Yes. Right. That drains us of so much energy to have to always be like, okay, I'm going to put this over here and I'm going to do this. Just holding that compartmentalization. We don't realize how much like energy that takes and how draining it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there is a psychological price that you pay Mm -hmm. from trying to compartmentalize your I guess what you would say, kind of your performing successful entrepreneur self over here and then the mental health needs, you know, that we kind of treat like a liability and, you know, something that we'll just get around to. And that is very common for, you know, really busy entrepreneurs to just think, I don't have time. There's not enough time for me to even do it if I wanted to. Um, I don't have enough money for that. I'm in startup. I'm struggling already to just pay for my basic business expenses. So all those different things... I believe are a part of that myth because they really believe that they're getting away with something and not yeah. having to pay that psychological price. Yes. Yes. I think that's so true. Okay. And I think it'd be great at like at the beginning of this sort of, you know, episode to just talk about mental health in general. Like when we say mental health, right. And we, that we compartmentalize mental health. What are we talking about, Laura? Because I think a lot of people are like, are you talking about mental illness? Because I don't have any of that. Are you talking about, you know, the way that I think? Are you talking about stress? Like, what are you really talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a good question because mental health is something you hear a lot. You'll see on social media. It'll be thrown around in, in different contexts. And so for the purpose of this conversation, you know, when I'm thinking about mental health, I'm thinking about what is it in your cognitive um, in your, um, so your thought patterns, your feeling states and your sensations in your body, like what is happening with those things in your body that actually help you with the way you're seeing. So perception is mental Mm. health for me is also wellness, you know, because if we are being preventative and taking care of mental health, then we'll have a clear sense of ourselves. We'll have a clear sense of what we feel, how our body is showing up, our ability to regulate our nervous system. So all those things um, create a comprehensive, more integrated sense of mental health. Mental illness is something that is, and I'm often not even using that term anymore because I feel like there's a little bit of a negative um, Mm. and I don't think that any mental health issue, any mental health dysregulation is a negative thing as far as it should not be shame inducing. It's not a sign of weakness. Mental illness is when your mental health gets dysregulated and Mm. there are changes either biochemically, you know, so neurotransmitters to get all scientific in the brain, how you're releasing and reuptaking serotonin and dopamine and um, all of those hormones that keep us feeling balanced. So we can experience mental illness once there is a state of dysregulation that's quite pervasive and starts interfering with our daily functioning. And there's where you need to seek a mental health professional, uh, possibly a psychiatrist for psychotropic support. So there's different levels. Today, I really want to talk about mental health as a state, like if we think, am I eating healthy? Am I um, exercising, am I moving my body? Your mental health is like, am I taking care of my mind and my feelings and my body and how that relates, right? So that is 
really the purpose of today. I think that's how I define it. And then mental wellness is something that's somewhat kind of interchanged. It's a positive way of framing that we are taking care of ourselves. We are putting health and wellness at the forefront. But I'm not just talking about yoga and meditation. Those are tools to mental health. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and you can ask them more clarifying questions if that's, if I haven't gotten clear enough. I think that's fantastic. And one of the things I love as well is that you really talked about the body because sometimes we think about mental health or mental wellness as being our mind, our thinking, our thoughts, our perception even maybe, but we don't always connect it to our bodies. And and so tell me a little bit more about that because I think, you know, this is an important process for us to understand how this affects our business. And even that we are compartmentalizing mental health, like sometimes we don't even acknowledge that we're doing that. I think we have to understand what does it feel like? What is it connected to? So what are some of the systems that are connected to our mental health? Mm -hmm. Great question. And see, this is kind of the challenge with language as well because the term mental health has been with us for many, many years and comes from our earlier understanding of these things being a result of a mental, only in our brain, only a mental response. And what we have really learned, even in the last 30 years, that has been amazing, has been the result of technology, like MRIs and all this ability to, you know, biofeedback and being able to see what's actually happening in the brain, what's happening in the body. And so what we have found is that that mind-body connection is so important. And there's nothing happening in your um, brain or body body that's just one directional. Everything is bi-directional. I mean, there's actually Mm. a nerve in the body called the vagus nerve that runs from the gut to the brain that is responsible for telling the brain, like, this is what's happening. This is what's going on in the body. And we used to think that everything was like, oh, the brain is the executive control center and it tells the body everything what to do. But there's this beautiful relationship between what's happening in the body. The vagus nerve is why we have that term. You can feel it in your gut. I knew it in my gut. That nerve actually feels the body's response to the environment and will send messages to the brain that says, oh, this is safe or check this. I'm a little, we need to be cautious. And so our more integrated holistic perspective of mental health now is really the system of the whole body, the brain, the bi-directional relationship between the brain and the rest of the body, the organs, our heart rate, um, and uh, just the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, which is in when it's in in a calm or regulated state, we have access to being able to sleep and rest and downshift, or we can get excited and activated and get things done right? So that biological process of just the way we show up in the world, whether we're alert and clear and getting things done versus exhausted and fatigued and brain fog, all of that is mental health and that lives in the body (laughs) as well. It's a brain body connection. Yes. So tell like, you know, 
please, can anyone listening not relate to the fatigue sometimes, the brain frog, the way we're focused one day and not focused another, right? We are all dealing with mental health in our business and we just don't recognize it. And I think it's such a great point as well to look at, you know, when we try to compartmentalize our mental health and our business, it's like compartmentalizing our brain and mental function from our body right? It's not possible to do that. It's just, a, it's like a, a pretense. It's like a, a way that we fake ourselves out that we're compartmentalizing, right? That's a good point. Yes. Because it's bi-directional as well. Like what is happening in us is going to impact our business. And you might not always be so aware. You think, oh, well, that's happening in my business because X, Y, and Z. But most of the time, I'll tell you when, the, when founders find their way into my um, sessions doing therapy with me, they start to realize, oh, I thought that that was just an issue with the business. But now I realize like, this is me. This has been my inability to, um, to get the help that I needed for my mental health. And so it's actually having a really negative impact on my business in ways that I really didn't understand before. So that one is really why we're having this conversation today as well, Sonia, right? It's like, if we can bust this myth that it has nothing to do with the other, then we're hoping that listeners will be able to say, oh, I can start recognizing, you know, and seeing what I can do about my mental health because the health of my business and the health of me depends on my ability to separate them out and to understand what they need right? What I need. Exactly. And so let's talk about that. What are some of the ways that our mental health starts, you know, affecting our business or bleeding into our business or where even though we think we're compartmentalizing to such a great degree, where does it start showing up? It's a great question because some people might be like, I don't think this is affecting me, but let me give you some examples. Yeah. Um, So in our business, if you are really struggling with motivation and in the beginning you were always motivated and you just think, oh, it's just things are kind of hard right now. Most likely there's a dysregulation in your mind and your body and that fatigue is driving the lack of motivation or fear of failure is driving that lack of motivation. And so all this that you might be doing like, oh, let me just try a different angle. Let me just do my business this way and do my business that way, you're not actually going to get too far with that strategy until you really look at what's happening within me. What's my mental health um, status, if you will, like what is happening here that is contributing to that. And then vice versa. So there's things in your business, like I can't um, show up in the same way. I'm not able to creatively problem solve. I'm not productive. I have brain fog. My team is kind of, you know, um, losing some faith in me. They've been seeming a little bit like avoidant. Like there's all sorts of stuff that can be happening in your business to pay attention to. Another though, really important thing is to just notice how things are playing out in your personal relationship as well. Because when you're having a mental health issue and you think like, oh, it's separate, pay attention to... um, things that your, your loved ones say, they'll say things like, I'm really worried about you. I'm worried that you're working too much. You're very distracted and not listening to anything that I'm saying. But a child might say, I don't, 
even see your eyes anymore. Don't mm. talk about your phone or your devices. You know, kids are definitely truth tellers in this department. And so paying attention to how other people are saying that they are experiencing you because you think I've got this, I am doing it at work and I'm getting it all done and I'm showing up at home and I'm doing all the things. But when people around you, the loved ones that you trust say, I'm really worried. That is important to pay attention to. Even if you don't understand, if you're hearing that a lot, that's a sign right there that your mental health and your business might be bleeding into each other. And it's time for you to get some extra support. Yes. And, and honestly, there is never a time to not be supporting your mental health. I mean, everything that I do with my clients has an underlying base of supporting mental health. So we're designing for mental health. We are planning for mental health. We are creating space for mental health. Like, you know, and we get to a point where we get too far, right? And this is where I think sometimes, I think it's really important to talk about this as well, Laura, because sometimes we think that it's, we only should address mental health when we're so far over the edge, right? Like we're totally burnt out. We can't think anymore. We can't function anymore. And then that's like, oh, yeah, okay. I really need to handle the mental health here. But the signs have been coming for years, right? <laughs> like yes. it's not usually like at that point that something just happened to tip us over. We've been having signs and we didn't prioritize it. We didn't make it important. We didn't recognize the connection of how important it is in business. It's one of the reasons why I tell my clients space is the first thing you should be creating in your business. Not the last thing, the first thing, because space is what creates mental health. Like it, it helps with that process. And if we're not prioritizing it, then we're waiting too long. Yes, yes. I call those the mental health essentials, like the foundation. Yeah. And it's, it is preventative. You're preventing anything going south with that, you know, that you are really maintaining what is it that I need? What's the everyday care that I need to make sure that I am in a good place with my mental health? And often, yes, people will wait till it's too late. It's, it's actually an op- often a common story with clients of mine that end up um, having something really significant that stops them in their tracks. So they, you know, yeah. end up being hospitalized. They end up in the ER. Um, maybe really severe suicidal ideation and it scares them so much they don't even understand what's happening, but it's gotten that bad and to that point and they'll then come into therapy. And I'll ask them, well, did you know, like, were there signs that you were getting to this point? And they'll usually, they're like, well, hindsight now, but yes, there were signs. And I ignored every one of them because I just thought that I could just push through that I didn't have time, that it wouldn't slow me down. But now I'm completely slowed down because sometimes they're at a point where they're like on a sabbatical, like, or they've had to close their business. Yes. Yes. And this, you know, and it it just goes back into the other myth. And and this is partly why we have mental health issues in business is because we have this myth, all the things that the business world and arena support, right? Hustling. Just work a little harder, right? Just, you know, work while your babies are sleeping, right? So work late into the night, work, you know, on every break, never take a break. Just do what has to be done. Just get it done, girl, right? All of that. 
is basically saying railroad over your mental health. Forget it. It doesn't matter. Like you're superhuman. Just do what it takes. Forget what you're feeling. Forget that you're exhausted. Forget that you, like your body and brain and everything is saying, hey, hey, slow down, melt down, melt down. Nope. We're just going to keep going. And the whole world actually praises us for doing it. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what I call that glorifying the grind culture. And it just, if I'm doing anything right now on these um, platforms is like to say, please, let's stop glorifying the grind. Let's stop worshiping the hustle culture because it is all it's, it's killing us. And it's not sustainable for businesses to really reach their potential. And I see so many amazing projects, entrepreneurs, companies that are coming out of the gate. And I want, I'm rooting for them so hard because they're changing the world. Like they have amazing ideas and concepts. Yet if those founders are not prioritizing their mental health, we may never see that company reach its full potential. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, my whole process for building a business has always been a little bit about slow and sustainable, you know, and the reason why is because you have more impact if you're stable, you have more impact if you're caring for yourself, you have more impact if you're able to reach the goals that you want. But what a lot of people are doing, I'd say almost 90% of the people in the business world is they are running themselves into the ground. They, they might get quick wins and they might get some things that happen really quick, but they're they won't be here in 10 years. They will not, it's not possible to be here in 10 years with the weight rate they're running and how they've designed their business. Mm, It's so true. And so that right there is number one reason to just start asking yourself, huh, am I, you know, believing in this myth that I can keep this separate? Because if I've, if that's been a big operational belief in my business, that I can just keep going and then my mental health doesn't matter, then there's going to be a wall. I can almost guarantee it. There's going to be a wall. And it's just not something you're going to pay that psychological price. No one gets out of it. Doesn't matter how successful. I mean, some of the people that have had the most tragic endings have been the people that are actually the downfall happened right after they sold their company and finally had tons of money or they like were, you know, acquired by somebody that that was like their dream acquisition. And they're like, yay, I'm now done. That's when we actually see even some of the entrepreneurial drops because whatever they were doing to get the business to that place, they were ignoring their mental health, but the mental health is still there. Whenever, when the, the, they cut the check and they put it in their deposit, they deposit in the bank, they went home guess what was still there? Yep. Yep. And then the price has to be paid. And this is the thing, like, you know, it's funny because I, I, you know, I have, I'm, I have a lot of clients who are navigating their mental health and their past, right. And their trauma and their business. Right. And, and really this is one of the reasons why Laura and I started this podcast in the first place four years ago was because we recognize that partnering the therapy 
with the coaching of business, with the structures, with the internal, like having that compatibility between doing the trauma work and doing the things to integrate and doing the things for our mental wellness and also doing the things necessary for business, they're a complementary process. They're actually required. You know, we, you can't skip around, right? Like you can't, um, I mean, I, I guess you can trade off and, you know, and that's kind of what you've been talking about. You can, you can run your business strongly and push every single thing you got and then you'll pay it later. But the cost is so much greater the more you ignore it. Whereas if you start working with both together, then it's almost like this beautiful process that moves walls, takes down mindset blocks, like really shifts your experience in business because you are doing that work of mental wellness and mental health in addition to the business growth. And that's a really powerful process. And so sometimes what I see with clients is they they get they're unhappy that they have to do so much mental health work. <laughs> you know, maybe they had a lot of trauma as a child and that's been getting in their way of succeeding in business. And so they kind of get frustrated, but I'm like, hey, do it now before you get to a point where you're doing well in your business and then the whole thing crashes because you're going to have to pay it one one way or another, right? Now or later. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to look at it that way. Yeah, no, that's a great point because anything in life, like if we address it simultaneously, it's going to be easier. It's going to be um, more sustainable to do that. You know, just like when we're cleaning, you know, the kitchen sink, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you just don't even <laughs> want to tackle it. But if you can try to take care of it every time after every meal, then it's easier to stay on top of it. And that's the same thing with your mental health. It can get really overwhelming. You know, I've heard where founders have gotten to the place where they've had such... Um, a crash that they had to go into residential treatment, into a psychiatric hospital, into a complete year or more of recovery, right? So think about the fact that if you're putting off mental health and you're going to have to pay that price, it's also much more um, like inten intense in a way that is interrupting. You know, it's going to be a bigger interruption versus like, what if you're just doing a mental health morning? every week where you just yes. check in, you know, take your mental health temperature, if you will, like, how am I feeling? What, what if I thought it's, you know, in just around the, what is mental health thoughts, feelings, sensations, you can do a little check-in of like, what are my, what are the quality of my thoughts lately? So mental health means that your thoughts are, you know, fairly um, optimistic. It's realistic, but there's optimism, there's hope seeing, you know, perception is pretty clear ability to think, critically, right? So you're having, that would be mental health thoughts. If things are going a little off the rails, that would mean that the more hopelessness, more pessimism, it's kind of hard to see um, how things are going to work out. A lot more self-doubt. The inner critic is running a little more amok, right? And yeah. then emotions. How have I been feeling this week? Have I been pretty, you know, happy? Have I felt content, satisfied? Do I feel energetic, kind of looking forward to things? Okay, that's nice. Mental health. You're doing probably tracking along pretty well. If you're feeling like, God, I've really had increase of anxiety and depression this week. Okay, pay attention to that. Not a weakness. Not We're not talking good or bad. Just that means you've got a little bit more 
um, stress on the system means your nervous system is more activated, means that your mind body's got a lot of information there that it's working with trying to help you stay regulated. So that's, those are just signs to pay attention if that depression, anxiety, hopelessness. Then the next one is sensations. This is something that you've talked about before. I always appreciate you bring up like, oh yeah, my clients say that it feels like this in their body. And I'm working with this with my clients all the time. Heaviness, tightness, constriction is usually a sign that things are not going so well. But if you're having expansion in the body, you feel more energy, you have kind of a lightness, you feel like you can move more freely and you just have a, like a lot more, um, yeah, a lot more happiness, lightness in the body, then that's, that's a good sign. So those are just signs that your mind and body are coping well when they're in those upper tiers that I was saying. But I never want to say like anything's good or bad. It's just when our body's balanced, we have more expansion, more positive yes. thoughts, more hope. When we are dysregulated, when our body is more exhausted and we're trying to compartmentalize and we're ignoring our needs, then we're going to see those alarms, you know, and we're going to feel numb, disconnected, hopeless, pessimistic, right? So what if you just did that every week in the morning while you're having a morning coffee? on a Friday morning yeah. and you're, because what are you doing anyway? You're like looking at your week thinking, what did I get done this week? Who did I talk yeah. to? What did I, you know, you're doing your evaluation. So add your mental health assessment right there and just kind of check in with yourself because then that tells you a little bit about what you need to do over the next few days. If you have a weekend that you can do some self care, then you can take some of that space or look at how you're going to schedule next week. Maybe you take a couple of things off your plate next week and you have more space and more time. And so doing it like that helps it be a lot more uh, manageable, feels more manageable than to wait until it's been a year <laughs> and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I have to just completely stop everything. Yeah, I love the, I really can feel that example you gave about the dishes, right? It's like, if we just do a little bit all the time, then it, we, it doesn't build up in the same way. But if we just keep letting it build up forever, then we reach a level of capacity. We reach a level of, you know, and that's where our mental health starts really deteriorating, and so, you know, what are some of the things we can do to be able to kind of, um, you know, get those dishes done every day? And, you know, one of the sort of tools that I use is space, right? And when I talk about creating space, and this is a, an actual, a huge part of what I teach people to do in their businesses, you know, space means no have tos, no obligations, right? So it's like taking time to sit and do whatever you want to do are nothing, right? Like no, like sort of to do's, tasks, strategies, thinking even, right? Like I've got to, we try to plan every minute out as entrepreneurs. We try to like fill every space, right? Like, ooh, in that 10 minutes, I can get this one thing checked off of my list, but that is not healthy. And so to balance out all the tasks we do have to do, there's something that happens when we create space that allows us to recharge, that gets some of those dishes done, right? So that's just one thing. I mean, sleeping 
is a huge other thing, right? Like that's something that really impacts us and creates, you know, mental health. Eating right, right? I think there is like a direct correlation sometimes between what we eat and the the feeling we have, the mental wellness we have. Um, you know, I know that when I eat certain foods, I don't have brain fog, right? I have clarity. And then when I eat other foods, I have like total fatigue and coma. (laughs) So, so those are just a few things on this end, but Laura, what else can we do to make sure we're prioritizing and doing on a regular basis, some, some easy ways to make sure we're washing those dishes? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. And you did already name a few of my favorites. So, um, I usually, I thought about, you know, all of the different ones. And I think I have my favorite seven. So the first one you've already talked about is treat your body well. And that means eating well. That means moving your body, finding time to just be in the body and just like, what are my basic foundational needs in order to be optimally function functioning? The next one is related to the body is, but it has its own needs, its own category is sleep. Sleep is so important. We are chronically sleep deprived in this country and we really need eight hours of sleep. Most people are getting four to six. Um, good news during COVID that did uptick just a little bit. I think more people started to get, um, more sleep. Um, that was, you know, just because except for parents, just to put that in, parents are consistently sleep deprived. (laughs) Exactly. I'm always like, I'm saying that stat, but I'm like, I don't really know how they got that in, but, um, a little bit less less commutes. And so if their kids were able to sleep in, they slept in. But that's so important to slow down and sleep and just really get the rest that we need. If you're not getting enough sleep, then all, like mental health dysregulation in symptoms of m- mental health, often I address first with sleep with my clients. Just like, let's address your sleep and see if that improves. And then we'll go from there. Because that's like your yes. the first line of support. Um, and then we've got um, just what you were also saying is like find space, slow way down, unplug, unplug, digital detox. If you can just do that, like for the, you know, from 10 p.m. to a certain time, like stop looking on it at night, sleep through the night, don't get on until a certain time in the morning. Or if you're brave enough to do a whole like weekend. That would be awesome. We we do Sunday. So we we actually unplug our Wi-Fi, put all devices on airplane mode Saturday night, and none of us are allowed to touch it until late in the afternoon on Sunday. I love it's that. amazing. That's inspiring. So everyone listening, use that one. Sonia tip. <laughs> um so that one's like, you know, the importance of just slowing down and getting still and how much we can see and feel when we're unplugged. Um, and then the other one is, um, go green, be in nature. Okay. Mm. Nature is therapeutically proven to support our mental health. Like there's so much research on it now, human beings, we've always known that we love it, but there's science that, that backs that up. There's something about being out in nature that we gain a perspective. We, um, feel the energy that's not all man-made. And being able to see a blue sky and connect with the ground. So just being out in nature. And if you can't be in nature all the time or you live in a very urban environment, research also shows just by putting green in your office can help. Have plants. Put green around you. Put green things on. Put a picture of a plant. You know, (laughs) it actually helps better than not having any of that at all. Um, And then the other one is ask for... um, 
help from your peers, like a peer support group, which is something that you and I both do for our communities. And I'm just learning more and more about why that is so important. I've always been drawn to that myself, but it's extremely important because we're more resilient when we're in connection. And so you, especially entrepreneurs, there's a stigma around mental health. So if you can be in a founder's, you know, safe place with other entrepreneurs and founders and hear your other stories and share your story, then it really boosts your resiliency and and you learn so much from each other. Right? Yes. Right. hundred percent. And then of course, we've got the ask for help from a professional, which is super important. (laughs) Um, So, you know, check all those foundations and then asking for help doesn't have to be as big of a thing as people think it, you can start with a platform that works for you. Say you just want a texting platform. There are different apps out there like Talkspace and Headspace that are even connecting people with a therapist via text where it's like, I just have somebody who can like send me back, like check my brain here. This is what I'm feeling, thinking. So it doesn't have to be um, as intensive as you might think, but ask for help from a coach, from a therapist, um, hotline support to be able to get that information. So those are like kind of my, um, my go-to essentials because once we start there, we really are doing a lot, um, to, to support ourselves. And then we can learn more about what we need from that place. And there's no one golden standard for mental health care. Everyone is unique. So what works for you, you will find and, and don't feel, um, discouraged if you, tried it the way someone else told you to, and you didn't feel very supported, find a different way, you know, find a different therapist or a different group or a different coach or a different program. And it's worth it to keep looking for that support. I so agree. I love this. I love this topic. I feel like we could literally talk about it all day, but I think we need to wrap up. I, you know, and I'm just saying it's like sort of the last thing, you know, hopefully that you got from this kind of conversation that Laura and I have had is that we can't actually compartmentalize our mental health and our business. They are very correlated and connected. And so in order to have a successful business, we have to be addressing our mental health. We have to be prioritizing it. We have to be honoring it. And when we do that, and, you know, I believe this should be done from the very beginning, like we should be designing our business for mental health and wellness. We should be operating our business in mental health and wellness, and we should be leading in mental health and wellness, right? Showing other people that this is how it's done. So, you know, I think that's such an important part of what we're creating. And so, you know, I hope this was helpful in just illustrating how important it actually is. Any last thoughts, Laura? I think you said it all. I'm just so grateful to have this conversation. And I 100% agree that by doing this work for yourself, you are inspiring others and you can make it a core value, a part of your mission statement that you're supporting the mental health of your team and of your clients and customers and just, you know, put it right there and express it to the world that this is important to me and it will inspire and motivate those around you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Laura and I get really excited about unpacking mental health in business. And in fact, we do a monthly event in the collective called Worthy Thinking. We help women in my community unpack their mindset and thinking so they make better decisions for their life and business. Would you like to join us? 
If you want to learn more, just head over to worthywomencollective.com. And if you want more goodies for the Women in the Business Arena podcast, be sure to visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Until next time, take care of your beautiful self. The world needs you.